It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I couldn't be more amped up to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Joe Polizzi, founder of the Content Marketing Institute and author of the best-selling book, and a really good book that people should read, Content Inc., How Entrepreneurs Use Content to Build Massive Audiences and Create Radically Successful Businesses. Now, content marketing has been a hot buzzword for a few years, but for all of the companies that are doing it well, there are many more who just don't seem to understand what it is. You know, They tend to think it's just like putting up a blog and posting a blog every month or so. And they don't understand the value it can bring to your company, and most importantly, how it directly helps you sell your products and services. So an effective content marketing program can be transformative for a small, mid-sized enterprise, a solopreneur, a thought leader, a speaker, many places. And my guest today, Joe Blitzi, is going to help us start out what it means for you and what you need to be doing right now. So Joe, welcome to the show. Andy, thanks for having me. My pleasure, it. my pleasure. So it. take a second to go beyond my meager introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so... I've been in publishing for the last 16 years. I started at a uh, large business-to-business publisher uh, where I was put in charge of custom media solutions at that publisher. So basically, instead of those our traditional advertisers or trade show sponsors buying uh, display or, in, let's say, interrupting the audience that wants to get a piece of content, say, oh, here's an ad, we tried to work with those organizations, really large B2B organizations on how they could tell better stories, how they could a- attract people uh, by giving information that they actually wanted instead of just like, say, product and service information. And worked on that from, let's say, 2000 to 2007 and really saw the trend happening where uh, where consumers were becoming more in control of the information that they received. They could ignore advertisements at will or start to. And of course, now you've got <laughs> everyone's got a smart yeah, everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket and they can get whatever information they want any time of the day. And the thinking was, hey, uh, companies are going to have to start telling better stories. They're going to have to start actually becoming thought leaders over certain areas because if they just keep talking about their products and services, they're just going to be ignored. And that's when this whole content marketing thing took off and launched the Content Marketing Institute. And I've just been, you know, see, oh my God, I'm a 10 years now doing the Content Marketing Institute thing Hmm. and write books and speaking all over the world on the topic. And, you know, kind of like what you just said, there's a lot of education that's needed in this area. A lot of people don't, a lot of people think they're doing it. Uh, they're not really doing it very well, and my job is just to, to go around and try to educate as many people as possible. Well, let's so let's dive into that because that that's sort of a you set me up instead of me okay, setting hey, you up. That's my job. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to the Joe Polizzi Show. Um, so yeah, most people I think yeah really they think they know what content marketing is, but they really don't. So let's for people out there listening, let's you know give a good good definition, and then we'll you know break it down and get into the details. So, yeah. So if you're looking at the formal definition of content marketing, you're like, OK, as an organization, we're taking an approach to create valuable, relevant, compelling information on a consistent basis to a very targeted audience in order to see some kind of a behavior change. And obviously, you talk a lot about sales. So at the end of the day, we're looking to drive more sales, maybe be more profitable, keep customers longer, whatever the overall organizational goal. We feel if we take a content marketing approach, we can do that. Uh, maybe an easier way to look at it is. Instead of 
just promoting our products and services all the time. We're trying to build audiences around a particular content niche. So we're really focusing on the audience. We're focusing on their pain points and needs, and we're going to consistently deliver information around those needs so that we become a trusted expert so that they know, like, and trust us. And ultimately, because we have that relationship with them over a long period of time, they're more willing to buy from us, whatever we happen to sell. So I believe that content marketing is perhaps the greatest sales approach out there because at the end of the day, if you build that relationship and they look to you as the expert, you really can. And we talk about that in, in the book, Content Inc. As, as you know, you can really sell whatever you want to mm-hmm. because you've built up that relationship that they they want to trust you. They're not going to go out into the market and say, okay, here's five or six different companies selling it. They're like, I, that, that company has been delivering me such amazing information. It's changed my life in such, such a way. I'm absolutely going to look at that product and service first and we don't necessarily have to be commoditized in what we sell and focus on pricing all the time exactly all right so if we unpacked what you said there's lots of things to to unpack out of there but but let's start with the know like and trust so here's a vehicle you know for every company that's out there that's trying to sell something this is the primary barrier to getting your product or service sold is having the customer come to know like and trust you and so what joe described through content marketing is an approach to be able to use as I said, consistently produced content that addresses the customer's pain point, educates them about what the problem is, and educates them about what potential solutions are in a way that's not promotional. And over time, it's an investment. It's not like going out and making a sales call. Mm. But by the time the customer gets ready then to engage with you and solve this problem, they have this predisposition to call you first because you've built up this relationship with them, this, this educational value-based relationship. That's it. You hit you hit the nail on the head, and I think the the if there is a caveat to the whole thing, it's the fact that this takes time, and a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs they they want to rush to sales, and of course you you work with a lot of companies, we do as well. Is they're like, okay, what can I get in six months? And I say, well, if your timeline is six months, don't use content marketing. <laughs> yeah. Go use interruptive marketing. Right. Go do advertising. Go, go make cold calling. Cold calling. Yeah. yeah. Go try whatever direct mail you want to try. Uh, content marketing is not it because, as we know, it takes time to build a loyal relationship with an audience, and you've got to consistently deliver. If you look at, if you look at a media company, the the greatest media of, companies of all time have done this exact thing. Is this they don't monetize it the way that you would monetize it? Where at the end of the day, you want to sell more products and services. A media company does exactly what we're talking about, except they monetize it through, let's say, paid subscriptions or or selling their own advertising. That's mm-hmm. how they do it. But mm-hmm. today, because there's no technology barriers to entry for any company that's listening to this, you can absolutely target your audience. You can reach them online easier than ever before. Of course, there's a lot of content clutter, but if you focus on the audience's needs and you really deliver that every day and you get up thinking about those needs, you'll put yourself in a position where you can you can build an audience. And that's what we really, that's sort of the core to content marketing that I think a lot of people forget is if there is a holy grail metric to this whole thing, it's actually building a subscriber. It's actually somebody that opts into your content and says, yes, I want to receive information from you. You are not a distraction to me. You're, I'm not seeing you as interruptive in any way. I want to get that information. And they're already they're already more inclined to buy when they do that. And you just delivering on that content promise every day will even make sure that at the, at the end of the day, whatever that organizational goal is, you want to close uh, business faster at the end of the day, or you want to keep customers longer, or you want to get new customers, wherever it is in the buyer's journey, you can solve that goal. And you just, it's just, you just have to be patient. You have to actually, I mean, if 
for myself personally, when we started Content Marketing Institute and I started a blog and we focused on what our audience would be, I mean, the first nine months, I mean, nobody, six to nine months, nobody was paying attention to my blogs except my mom and she had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and how I much mean, was she buying from you? <laughs> exactly. It's like, but so, so once we got past that level and actually started to get enough of an, an audience built, that's when we really started to see it taken off. And and just there's just so many companies out there that want to see that thing happen tomorrow. And I'm like, no, this is a long-term investment. You are building an asset. So that's the only thing I would say is it does take patience, but the payoff is is perhaps bigger than anything else that you could do. Yeah, and it's not your only channel to the market either. That's right. So that's what you, you have to you think about. It's an entrepreneur. Choose. You're not just exactly. doing content marketing. You may start off and do your cold calling, do your prospecting. But maybe over time, as you get consistent and get better and improve your effectiveness of your content marketing so maybe that balance shifts so that instead of you know 80 percent of your prospects coming from cold calling is maybe you get to a 50 50 mix and maybe over time it shifts you know in the favor of content marketing so i think that you have to you know for people thinking about this is you have to envision this is okay this is one one leg on the stool that you're gonna have for your approach that's, to market that's exactly right yeah it's it's not a it's not do i do content marketing or advertising or content marketing or pr you should be looking at all these things as you're talking about I mean, you're still going to do cold calling you still want your salespeople to do certain things you don't switch that but if you do this right at the end of the day you like you said you might be able to say oh now we really don't have to advertise we really don't have to go to that trade show anymore. We really don't have to cold call because we have all these inbound leads coming in and we have all these audiences that have already signed up to get our information. That's how we can communicate with them. And when we, so it's almost instead of saying, well, instead of going out and, and getting an email, uh, getting emails for leads, I would say get emails as subscribers. And as you learn more about the subscribers, that's where your leads will come from. Because they're they're going to be your best customers at the end of the day. You're creating a better customer by educating that person. Right. I think for people that aren't again aren't familiar with it, another way to sort of think about it is that is that there's people assume you know another form, an intermediate shape, if you will, is it's no longer that you just have you know suspects and prospects, and you know the direct line is between the salesperson and the prospect. But now there's this this new new state of being that that your prospects can be in which is you said a subscriber where I it's think, a step from yeah. you know being unaware of you or just vaguely aware to being engaged but not yet a customer and i think that that's how you really have to picture is we want to get more of these people have taken this assume this new shape yeah they're not yet customers but they're they're getting closer and we're building that relationship but they're sitting in this cloud of of subscribers as you said well, if you focus, if you focus your efforts on building the audience over just, oh, here's a new product. What's the campaign rollout for that? You don't have to start over every time. And that's what we see a lot of small companies doing. So, oh, we got a new product rollout. Who are we going to target? How are we going to do this? It's like we already have the we already have this relationship with this ten thousand whatever the number is database of these people that already know, like, and trust us. That's our that's our go to place right there. You might not even have to go out and get a new group of people. You might not have to cold call anymore. You just have to tell the people, hey, we've listened to you. We have know that this is your pain point. We've been talking about it forever. Now we have a product that can solve that and you'll see it just back up the truck. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I don't want to make it sound too simple, <laughs> but that's what companies are doing all over the right. world right now because well, they're building that relationship first. Right. And one of the ways to do that, and because now let's spend a few minutes and just talk about the content itself because this is the part that seems to be so daunting for so many small businesses is this idea of consistently putting out content and 
when they do, the content tends to be, you know, advertorial, quite frankly, right? More, more promotional than educational. So maybe give people some guidelines about, you know, frequency of, of, of content production, really ideally what it should be in terms of, you know, being able to build that no like trust relationship. Well, I think that if you look at, so let's say you do the strategy. Let's say you say, okay, you know the audience that you're going, the specific audience you're trying to go after. And this is really important, by the way, because let's say you're a, a B2B company and you have seven to nine, uh, buy, you know, whether it's a, the main decision maker, influencer, gatekeeper, whatever, you have to focus on one of those. You can't just say, oh, well, we're going to now target three to four of these because there's no way that your content can be relevant enough. So let, you have to really focus on who the audience is and what, when we call it in the book, we call it the content tilt. Like, what is your area of differentiation? Right. Why is how is your content any different from anything else that they can come up, come up with? And that's why you have to focus on a specific area. I would say ninety percent of the companies out, probably more than that, but let's say ninety percent of the companies out there, they're creating content just like everyone else. So it doesn't matter. You're not going to cut through the clutter. You're not going to differentiate. And then we talk about this in the book about around the the third step, which is build, building the base. Right. Which is. In all the case studies we looked at in the book, they all followed the same formula. So basically, instead of throwing out our content on every channel known to man or woman, we're really focusing on one content type for the most part. Is it textual? Is it audio? Is it video? One content platform? Is it my blog or website that I'm delivering this on? Is it iTunes? Is it YouTube? Consistently delivered. And you talk about frequency. The most the most important thing is not frequent, frequent, frequent content, it's consistent content. You have to choose consistency. So does that mean if you're going to do a blog post two times a week, no, you're not going to do a blog post two times a week. You're going to do a blog post and you're going to deliver it at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday and 7 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Exactly. And you have a uh, an e-newsletter that goes out on Friday morning. The same time every week. Set that ex expectancy that that's what you're, you're going to send great things. And why do we know this works? Well, not all, even all the case studies we talk about in the book, but that's what every media company since the dawn of time has done. <laughs> We've it's been like, this is not a new. This is not a new model. I mean, we, you know, the book could talk about, oh yeah, this content marketing thing is new. This has been going on for hundreds of years. Every media, whether you look at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and now new companies into Huffington Post and BuzzFeed, they all do. They all consistently deliver on that promise instead of just blasting out content wherever. And then, of course, it does take time. And we look, you know, if you look at all the case, the really successful case studies in the book, it usually takes over 12 months to do this. Why? Because oh, yeah. it takes time it to takes build time. that loyal relationship. So if I'm, if you're listening to this and you're trying to start this thing out, I, instead of saying, oh, I've got, I'm going to do a blog and I'm going to do uh, a, a digital magazine and I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do videos, I'm going to do God help us all Snapchat or whatever you're going to do, <laughs> let's not do that. That's actually not a winning formula. A winning formula is to focus on that one content type, one platform consistently delivered over time with a differentiated message. And it works every time for those people to do it. The issue is, is most people aren't consistent. They don't have a differentiated mes message. And then they're not patient enough. And on top of that, as you said, is they don't have in mind that persona. And this, we'll use the term persona since that's sure. such a popular term is, a persona of who it is you're actually addressing with this content. You know, put a put a you know, do a marketing exercise. Put a name and a face to this person. You know, this is uh, this is Jennifer. You know, Jennifer's a, a small business owner. She's in her late thirties. This is the, you know, it's an online market of some sort, digital product of some sort. She sells, but you know, spell it out. 
And then when you say, okay, now I want to define what the content is we're going to produce, you've got a target to go to. Exactly. What keeps her up at night? Yeah. What are her pain points? And focus on that. And I love that. I mean, uh, every. I mean, if you look at um, how it's how you build sort of the content backbone to that audience and you let's say that you want people in your company to start creating cl- content or blogs or you, let's say you're going to outsource this to a freelance writer or a content creator you give them that sheet of that persona and you say here's who you're writing to because if you don't how are they going to know how, you're going to get you're going to get content that's all over the place you're going to put too much burden on the editor to really say okay well here's a good decent piece of raw content but they didn't really hit the mark help them hit the mark by really figuring that out and I'll just tell a quick story because I think it's kind of why you were talking I, I was thinking of this but I was doing a workshop in Toronto Canada this is about a year ago and large large you know you would know the brand mm-hmm. the largest technology companies in the in the world uh, it was the the person that ran that blog their blog and she was having a lot of problems getting any kind of, of uh, outcomes, positive outcomes to happen with the blog. And she said, you know, Joe, can you help me out? And I said, sure. So we took five minutes and started to go through this. And I said, well, first off, first off, who is your audience? Who, who are you targeting to come to your blog with the content that you're creating? And she said, we have 18 personas <laughs> that we target with specific areas of the blog. And I said, well, my work here is done. Right. I found the problem. Yeah. You can't target 18 different customers. Uh, it's not possible to do that. So you have to focus on one with that activity. So maybe you maybe your blog focuses on one audience and your e-newsletter focuses on another and that YouTube program you have focuses on a different audience or maybe the same audience. doesn't matter. But if you're trying to target more than one, that that you have to make that uh, that content focus water. You have to water it down to be relevant enough. And then if you're not, if you're not relevant enough, because you won't be, because it's too broad, they'll, they'll just ignore you. They'll ignore you. They'll Absolutely. go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So finding sweet spot. Yeah, I love the way you start talking about in the book. You're finding that intersection of your knowledge or your skill with your passion. Well, what we found. Well, first of all, just to go through why we chose those six steps, Andy. I mean, the the amazing thing is when when we looked at all these case studies and we sort of uh, reverse engineered why, mm-hmm. what made them successful. These six steps came up with every company, so that's why I love this. And it was it was a surprise. I didn't go into it with a hypothesis. There there was a formula. I was just like, okay, what are all these companies doing? What can we find find out? And we actually said, oh my gosh, every one of them followed these six steps. And so we broke them out. And I really that's why I love this because there's sort of a roadmap that mm-hmm. you can take. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're an entrepreneur or a large business, you can sort of follow this roadmap. So if we start with one, it's identifying that sweet spot. And on, we found out that one side of that model is passion. It's so critical because you got to remember, you're get, you've got to get up every day thinking about your audience's needs, passionate about that topic, passionate about helping your customers in that way. It, it's really hard to manufacture that type of passion. And we found that if you are passionate, you will have a leg up. So you have to really figure out, you know, what, what are you, what's your purpose as a company? What's your purpose as an individual? Are you passionate about that? So that's on the one side. And then, you know, and you mix it with that other side of where do you have authority to even communicate? Do, do you know, do you have a knowledge or skill that over and above that you actually have uh, a leg up against your competition? And that mixture of what you're passionate about and what your authority area is, that becomes that sweet spot. That rolls right into the content tilt. We talked about that a little bit. But step two, this Andy, this is the area that everyone kind of forgets. 
They just don't even they don't even do it. They're like, oh, okay, good, we got our sweet spot. Let's just start creating content. <laughs> Let's blast stuff remember. at them. Well, you got to you got to remember. It's like even okay, great. You have an authority area over something that that's wonderful. You have a passion, but that doesn't mean it, it's going to make any difference at all for that customer. What makes the difference is that's the sweet spot. What's going to separate you? What's going to differentiate you from everything else out there? And that's where that's the that's the advantage. So so if you're kind of stuck a little bit. You have to figure out what, like, what if your content was gone? Like, would anyone notice? Would mm. anyone care? It's it's asking those types of questions. Like, if you start doing Google searches and you start looking on the web, is there a lot of content around this? Is there a particular stance and a different way that you could look at content in a in a different way to this audience that nobody's really looked at? And that's where you have to think about it because there's so much competition out there in content. You have to really differentiate that and, you need and then to, and, and i would just interject is get a friend or somebody that's not involved with your business to you know give them three or four samples of what you're doing and what other people in your business are doing and have them just give you honest feedback do i sound different you know, am i saying anything different than what these people are doing because i mean look, exactly <laughs> and, and it's it's actually i mean that's it's it, a, it's pretty hard to hear but you know when i was first starting blogging uh, a few years ago, um, yeah, somebody sort of said, yeah, well, you know, you're just sort of saying the same things everybody else is saying. And it was like, oh, well, that was a wake-up call, and I, I changed it because I had something different to say, but I wasn't effectively communicating it. So, you ha yeah, you have to have something that's different. Otherwise, you just get lost in the noise. Well, I was, I was talking with uh, an entrepreneur recently that does, has his own podcast, and we were talking about the book a little bit, and then after the podcast interview he sent me an email and says joe you know what you said really resonated i i don't know if i have a, a particular content tilt enough and I, we started going back and forth and said basically it basically wants to motivate entrepreneurs uh, to make smarter business decisions and that that was his content tilt and i said take a like re read through that again like really look at that how many organizations individuals Companies, nonprofits focus on that exact same thing. Yeah. I said, I, I could probably Tens list of thousands. Yeah, a th at least a thousand, probably 10,000, probably 30,000. How are you going to break through with that message? You, if you don't have a pile of money for promotion and advertising, there's no way you're going to break through organically and do that. Right. So that's where kind of listing, that's what we talk about in the book is actually doing what we call the content marketing mission statement, where in essence, you create an editorial mission statement and you put that on the wall. It's like, okay, who's my audience? What am I going to deliver? And what is the outcome for that audience? And you really think about that. And that has to be something original. That has to be a unique story to you. Because if it's just like everyone else, you, I, can, I can probably guarantee that most of the people listening to this, they take a hard look at their own, even if you haven't written it down, your own editorial mission statement, it's probably not unique enough to cut through. Even if you do all the other stuff right, it's probably not going to be unique enough. Right. And it's also is true on the sales side. I mean, that's the exact same thing you have to be saying about your sales messaging and your salespeople going out, you know. Who are they targeting? Do they have something unique to say, a unique message, uniquely, you know, unique value proposition for the prospect? If you don't, you're not getting an audience there either. That's when I was, you know, back in the day when I used to sell print magazines, we used to really work on this because a lot of the activities that we did uh, were actually, they, they were supposed to plow the road for the sales team. So we would send out 
the magazine to executives. This is specifically, and this is mechanical engineering executives. And we would send this out ahead of time so that when the salesperson called, they would call not on, hey, we've got this new product. They would call and say, what, did you get the magazine? Mm-hmm. What did you think? And and they got more sales calls just for the fact that they were differentiated in that market because they sent a package that was different. They talked about what was going on in the industry different, and you could get a more consultative call immediately. They want to see you to talk about some of the content in the magazine. It's a different, by the way, it's not easy for the salespeople because they actually have to read the magazine. <laughs> they have to actually <laughs> Especially understand. a mechanical engineering magazine. <laughs> well, exactly. And, but, no offense but, to the mechanical engineers out there. It's just Well, but, but what was amazing is, is they started to get sales calls that, you know, they were getting ignored and now all of a sudden they were getting calls back because yeah. like, oh, this is something that's different. It's just, and it's not like rocket science. It's just thinking about that, you know. There's a there's a real hardcore sales problem getting sales calls. It's harder than ever before. If you can you know set yourself up by being the trusted expert as an organization, you can you could you could actually have that one of your business outcomes just to get more sales calls where your content can help you do that. Exactly. All right. So talk about building the base then. So we've got our differentiation, or if not, we can you know people can call you after the show and maybe get help <laughs> yes. on it. Um, so building the base, and this is what we talked about being consistent, staying with it, being patient. And I would say that what we talked about, that the four tier model for, you know, don't just spread content all over every place. You know, you send it out on LinkedIn and it's just sort of haphazard. You want to make sure that really pick what's your focus. Is it audio? Is it video? Is it textual? I think that's really key. You become a master of one of those areas and then you focus on, okay, what is that core platform? Your blogger, website, iTunes, YouTube, whatever the case may be. Figure out that consistency. What are you going to deliver on a regular basis? And then you you need to be patient with that. That leads right into, if you do that correctly, that leads right into stage four, which is harvesting the audience. And we've talked about, sort of talked around about this uh, through the last 20 minutes, but email subscribers, if there is a holy grail metric to this whole thing happening, it's it's an email subscriber, getting somebody to opt into your communication. That's why email news, the email is not dead. Email is more important than ever before, especially in this social media age. Uh, you got a lot of people out there, especially in business, that still like that zero inbox. And if you think about, you might be saying, well, shoot, I, I get up in the morning and I delete you know, all my emails and I don't even look at e-newsletters anymore. But I would say that every, every person that we've talked to, they always save that one or two, right? That's, I'm not going to delete that email newsletter because <laughs> that's really valuable. Right. That's what we need to create. You create that thing that people want to opt into that's really super value, valuable that gets them. And then once you get, you can do something very simple, Andy, by once you do that and you build up an email subscriber, you can then take that email subscription database and compare that against your customer database and you can see what the difference is. Mm-hmm. You know, do they do they close faster? Do they stay longer as customers? Do they buy more when they do buy? You know, then you can start to figure those things out and then you can really show the value for your content program. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, <laughs> you know, again, for so many businesses, they don't tend to think about this whole idea of having a subscription mailing list. I mean, I have clients that I... <laughs> One client that was a service provider had, gosh, maybe 2,000, 3,000 past customers that weren't on a mailing list. And it just blew me away. You know, they're working with a little database now about five to 600 customers that they served did once a month. And it's like, well, what about all these people that trusted you enough before to give you money and do business with you? And you've just let them completely go. It's sad, isn't it? That's almost, that's, that's, most of the small businesses that we work with, that's exactly what they do because they don't think about they I mean, think about it this way. 
how do you add value to your customers outside of the products and services that you offer right now? See, that's a real key question. That's like core. That is the question. That is the question. You need to add value. But you could think about it this way. How does your content solve the same types of problems that your product or service does? Like that's really what you're talking, especially mm-hmm. in B2B. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're talking about. So, and that's the core to that email. And we've seen it over and over where, let's say, they see a demand generation campaign or somebody's doing webinars and great, they get all these names in, they take the names, they, they throw them out to the sales team and they say, go land some business. Well, what we really would like to do is we get those people to subscribe to our email. We'd start delivering them really valuable information. We grow that relationship. We can start scoring those. Who's opened them? What are they clicking on? What are they interested in? Where are they at the buyer's journey? Mm -hmm. And when we start to score them in some way, then we send them over to the sales team when they're ready to when they're ready to close. That's just a smarter, it's very simple, but a very smart, much more smart way to do that instead of just throwing them out of the sales team where you know, the sales team wants the Glen Gary leads. I want the good leads. But let, let's send them the right leads instead of everything because it's not a lead. An email name is not a lead. No. And so what we but want it's to amazing is- how many companies still treat them as leads, though. I mean, I, I was just at a, a conference of all these companies, uh, software as a service companies, and surprised even there, even though they are using Marketo and other, one, other systems for lead scoring uh, and marketing automation, they, surprising number of them still, you know, Get on the phone, call everyone. Just has downloaded a white paper. It's yeah, it's and it doesn't. It's almost just thinking about it differently. As oh, okay, what if we treat this as an audience first, customers that we want to build a relationship with, and then our products sales are are secondary. Exactly. A lot of a lot of business owners don't want to think that way, but I think you have to think that way today because if you just think short term product first and there's no purpose behind your communications, you're set up for short term success. I mean, maybe you'll get a nice blip up in the next quarter, but long-term, I can guarantee you that somebody else is going to beat you to the punch because they're, they're thinking about the customer's success over the long-term. Excellent. Okay. Well, great, great stuff. We're going to move to the last segment of the show where I've got some uh, standard questions I ask all my guests. And the first one is a hypothetical scenario, actually. So, and it's always love asking this of CEOs of companies such as yourself. So here's the hypothetical. You just got hired as the new sales leader at a company whose sales are stalled out, completely stuck. So what two things could you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? All right. So we've got a sales issue. We've totally, st- well, uh, well, first of all, I've got to figure out what, why. <laughs> I want to know what has happened and I want to know who we're talking. What I really would like to do more than anything else is I probably want to find out who is, who's our audience and what's keeping them up at night. I want to talk to the customer service team. I want to talk to the sales team. I want to talk to anyone that's touching that customer. And I want to find out firsthand whether that's through, you know, we can do surveys as mm-hmm. well. But I really want to find out what's going on with the customer um, because there may be a number of things going on. There may be, uh, it might be not, we might not be delivering them the right product or service. We might actually be targeting the wrong customer. There might be somebody else in the buyer's journey that we should be talking to instead of the person that we're actually communicating with. Right. So I've really, what I've really got to figure out is how are we currently communicating with that audience? Is that the right audience? And I'm all into information. So I'm not one of those guys that would come in and just change everything right away. I've really got to figure out, okay, what is the problem if there is a problem? Because it could be 10 different things. 
It could be our customer service. Sure. It could be the product or service is not meeting their objectives. It could be our communication is just absolutely terrible. Um, it could be a number of things. So the, the, I want to really figure out who we're targeting, what are their pain points, what's keeping them up at night, what can I find out about them? Perfect. Okay. So now some rapid fire questions you can okay. give me. You can be one word answers. You can elaborate. So when you're out selling your services, what's your most powerful sales asset? You personally. Personally? Mm-hmm. I would probably say our daily blog because the all I have 99% of all the leads that we get for our business come in inbound organically and they come in through basically somebody subscribing to the information mm-hmm. that we have on the blog. So, I would, so I, this is not a one word answer. I would no, say but- the blog that leads to email subscription, everything that we do, everything that we sell in the organization starts with that email subscriber that they subscribe to our blog content. So right. that is the number one. So if I'm going to say, what is the asset of the organization? It's the email subscription database. Got it. Who's your business role model? Um, I love, oh boy, that's a good question. Um, there's so many. I mean, I love I love Branson for just his uh, brash riskiness, uh, that willing to take a chance, mm-hmm. and think big. I love Seth Godin, big mm-hmm. Seth Godin fan for how he looks at you know the core is permission marketing, right. uh, and uh, so I would probably say those those two that I focus on. Okay, what's one book that you'd recommend every entrepreneur should read besides your own? Uh, <laughs> I would say uh, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. Yeah. That's what top of the list after 150 episodes. Um, here's a tough question. So what's on your playlist these days? <laughs> so I downloaded the entire album to the musical Hamilton. Oh, uh, I've, so I've seen I, it. So it's, it's well have you really, oh, is yeah. it as good as they say? Absolutely. Better. Uh, I say, I've got to go see it. So I, w- I was a big fan of in the Heights, yep. which is Lynn Miranda's first. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, of course I'm, I just haven't gotten to New York. So the next time I'm in New York, I'm absolutely going to find my way tickets to that and see that. So I've been uh, basically listening to the entire soundtrack of Hamilton. Yeah. thousand bucks per ticket should probably do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, seriously. I, I think you're Actually, when we had the, not to digress too much for the audience, but when we had the big snowmageddon in New York a few weeks ago, it, it closed Broadway theaters for the night. And the stories in New York Times the next day about people that had purchased through you know, StubHub type equivalent, but not sure. StubHub, but third-party exchanges have bought tickets. And since they weren't bought through the theater, they couldn't exchange them. And they paid oh, 1500 no. 2000 bucks a piece. Yeah. That's depressing. <laughs> so last question for you is what's the one question you get asked most frequently by entrepreneurs or people interested in content marketing? Uh, most of it is how do I show the ROI for content marketing? And the answer is? You get all the time. Uh, and basically, <laughs> I say go read my book <laughs> is probably what I say. But I basically say, you know, focus on: Are you telling a different story? Are you doing it over time consistently? Are you focused on one audience? And are you looking at building that audience over time with value outside of the products and services you sell? Excellent. Well, good. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today. Guest has been Joe Polizzi, CEO of Content Marketing Institute and author of Content Inc. So, Joe, tell people how they can find out more about you. So, I'm at Joe Polizzi on 
Twitter. So if you respond, say anything to me on Twitter, I'll try to get back to you in, in 24 hours or so. Uh, anything on the book is content-inc.com and you can get uh, a free chapter and all kinds of other goodies there on that site. And then the, the big thing that we have coming up in September of 2016 is our big event, uh, Content Marketing World, over 4,000 attendees this year uh, from over 50 countries. So and that's what I'll be uh, busying myself with in September. And where's that going to be? That's going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, last, Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. Five of the six years have been in Cleveland, and uh, we're going to try to keep it in my hometown of, of Cleveland as often as we can. So uh, we, we got that, that locked through to 2020. So we're looking pretty good so far. Excellent. I think I'm going to have to attend that this year. I hope so. That'd be great. All right. So well, I want to thank you for joining me. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. An easy way to do that is make sure you don't miss any of my conversations here on Accelerate with top business experts like my guest today, Joe Polizzi, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. 